the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host this week, Anita Rhodes, um, who told me this morning that she has a personal exemption from political correctness, and she th- says whatever, she is, whatever is on her mind and heart, that is what she says. Hmm, sounds suspiciously like an American. Amen. Yeah. Uh, and we're pleased to have back on the show with us uh, Ken Timmerman. He is a, a longtime reporter specializing in the Middle East. He's written numerous books, been on Fox News and other, uh, other media outlets. Uh, a lot of his books specialize in that area, Dark Forces, The Truth About What Happened in Benghazi, uh, The Deception, The Making of the YouTube uh, Video Hillary and Obama Blamed for Benghazi. Preachers of Hate, Islam, and the War on America, Shadow Warriors, The Untold Story of Traitors, Saboteurs, and the Party of Surrender. These days, you have to ask which party that is. But more recently, uh, just in August of 20, published a very prescient book called The Election Heist. This was a work of fiction, but it played out all too real, and maybe we'll have time to get to that. But the primary reason we wanted to invite Ken onto the show today is that uh, is is because of what's happened in Afghanistan uh, in, this, in this past week or so, as well as the uh, pot has been simmering over there with Iran attacking shipping and uh, warfare between Israel and Hamas, Israel and Hezbollah. So we want to get his take on all of those events. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show, and I understand you're calling us from the now free state of Florida where you moved. Absolutely, Greg, and it's such a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to be on with you and Anita. And you can find Ken's good work at KenTimmerman.com, and you also find him on Twitter on how he's managed to avoid the censorship thus far, but thus far he has, and also on Facebook. Again, somehow he's managed to slip through their, their, their screening processes uh, and has not yet uh, been censored. So what do you make? So well, got, Go ahead. Not, not often. I have been censored, uh, but not often. They've taken away uh, a third, a fourth of my followers, and they, they shut down specific posts. But anyhow, uh, I have not been taken off the way President Trump has. Thank goodness. I always encourage people that uh, make, start making that transition to alternative platforms. I think Gab and Telegram are the two best alternatives now before they turn off your, your accounts. But I will, I will leave that to you. Afghanistan, I mean, we've all seen the pictures. We were assured this was not going to be a repeat of Saigon 1975 with helicopters lifting people off the roof of the U.S. Embassy. And what do we have? Helicopters lifting people off the roof of the U.S. Embassy in Kabul, which I understand, by the way, just cut seven or $800 million we spent on that uh, grandiose structure there. On that embassy, that's right, Greg. And and by the way, the person who told us that this was not going to be a repeat of Saigon 1975 was none other than the person who calls himself President of the United States, Joe Biden. So he went on uh, national television about six weeks ago and gave a detailed explanation uh, saying this is not going to be Saigon. The North Vietnamese Army has no comparison to the Taliban. The Afghan army is 300,000 strong, and the Taliban's just 75,000. There's no way that they're going to collapse. And everything that he said would not happen is exactly what happened in a single week. Yes, well, the uh, supposed president has a long history of being wrong about everything in foreign policy. Yes, he does. And and remember, this. for 50 years, Joe Biden has considered himself and boasted about being a foreign policy expert. Uh, Former Secretary of Defense Robert Gates, who was, by the way, Secretary of Defense for Obama-Biden, right, in the first term, 
uh, in his memoir, he says Joe Biden has never been on the right side of any national security or foreign policy issue once in his 50 year political career. And I think that's quite telling for somebody who served alongside of him. Mm-hmm. Actually, he does. Have, I mean, he does have certain foreign policy experiences as he's taken bribes, graft and corruption for more countries, I think, than almost any other U.S. politician. Well, uh, we will say alleged bribes uh, from those countries in Ukraine where his son gets uh, $83,000 a month uh, for doing absolutely nothing, gets a billion and a half dollars from communist China, and then sends emails out saying that 10% has got to go to the big guy, and there's only one big guy in Hunter Biden's life, and that's bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's go. Afghanistan is... How bad is this? I mean, it does it does it in the scheme of things? Yeah, it looks bad on TV. It, you know, it's embarrassing for the country, but it's Afghanistan. Does does this, oh, no, this does this is this going to matter to us a year from now? Oh, this is going to matter to us a year from now, five years from now, and unfortunately, it's probably going to matter for us in the next three weeks to five weeks in a very uh, desperate. Way this is bad. Uh, you know, I saw the collapse in Beirut in 1983, uh, and again in the 90s. This is nothing like Beirut. I saw the collapse of Iraq under Obama. I've been back to northern Iraq many, many times and seen the repercussions of our withdrawal, our precipitous withdrawal from uh, Iraq uh, in 2011. It led directly to the rise of ISIS. Uh, one of my recent books is called ISIS Begins. And people ask, what is, it, what is it like to be a translator working for U.S. forces when you've been abandoned? Because a lot of these people who are waiting at the Kabul airport are in exactly that situation. Well, read my book, ISIS Begins. It's narrated by an Iraqi Christian translator who worked for U.S. special forces and who is being pursued by jihadis. And this is before the U.S. pulls out. Now that the U.S. has pulled out of Afghanistan, it's 100 times worse. These people are terrified sitting there at the Kabul airport, those who are trapped in Kabul and cannot get to the airport, they're terrified. They know that the Taliban wants to round them up and murder them. Why do you think, and I mean, it's a fair point, is the Afghan army had more men, more equipment, more money than the Taliban, but they basically, they didn't just lose, they, they collapsed. They, they did collapse. And uh, reports that we've seen is that essentially they never fired a shot. And I think the reason for that is pretty simple. Uh, it's, and it's something that apparently uh, U.S. commanders, especially the top commanders, not, not the, uh, the G4s, uh, but the top commanders uh, uh, di- didn't understand, was that the um, leaders are corrupt. They got paid off by the Taliban. So the commanders of those Afghan army units took their money. They left like Ashraf Ghani with his four vehicles and his helicopter full of cash. That's, by the way, our cash, Greg. That's from U.S. taxpayers. We're the ones who gave him that cash, and he's going off to, we think, Tajikistan next door with it. So they collapsed because they were paid off, and then the soldiers did whatever, you know, without any leadership. They just went home. And I think maybe also part of it is the Taliban... They're, they believe in their cause. They are fighting for their God, Allah, and believe that if they, are die, if they die in that struggle, they're going to their, the Muslim equivalent of heaven, and they, they want it more than necessarily the government forces. Well, for the ones who are dedicated, I think you're absolutely correct, and it is a strong and powerful motivator, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't wager too much money that all of the Taliban fighters are um, uh, in this uh, for, uh, you know, those reasons. I think a lot of them are paid off. I think a lot of them are bought. Uh, but you're right. That ideological motivation is very powerful, and it is definitely something that was lacking in the Afghan army. Yeah, one's used to government incompetence. But in how they've handled the, well, let's, we're going to close our Air Force base and we're going to leave Americans stranded. We're not going to reverse process. Okay, we're moving out. Americans, we're going to be leaving uh, at this time. If you, you know, if you stay past that, if you don't make arrangements before that, then you're on your own over here. Uh, but we're out of here by this time. Instead, it was send our guys, the troops out, 
and then Americans stuck over there. You're on your own. I mean, how, that seems to be an extraordinary level of government incompetence. It's criminal incompetence. It is criminal, I believe, impeachable incompetence to put American lives at stake like that. And it, this is this is war fighting 101. I mean, this is stuff that you learn at, at the uh, you know U.S. Army Military Academy that you learned at Annapolis. Uh, this is stuff that your first classes on strategy are going to teach you. Uh, if you're going to uh, move out of a country to evacuate a country, first you get all vulnerable people and installations out. When we left, left Iran after the debacle in Iran in 1979, the first thing that the U.S. government did, and this was under Jimmy Carter, as bad as Jimmy Carter was. By the way, Biden is the second president in history who makes Jimmy Carter look good. Obama was the first. But even, even Carter, the first thing that he had that he ordered people to do was to blow up our national security agency listening bases in the northeast of Iran that were turned toward, towards, uh, excuse me, the northwest of Iran that were turned towards the Soviet Union and Soviet missile launching team. Uh, and he did that way before uh, civilians were uh, uh, evacuated and way before the military was eva- evacuated. So those are things that anybody with a grain of common sense in leadership position should know that's the, that's the order in which you do things. President Trump reiterated that last night and why Biden didn't follow that um, sequence of events, which was well known to his national security people, is beyond me. I can, I can either wants to jump in here with a question. I would like to jump in, Ken. I posit that the Biden administration is doing their job quite well. It could be done better. But my opinion is this is managed decline 2.0, as it was under the Obama administration. Biden, since I am exempt from political correct speech, I believe the election was stolen and Biden has the election, the presidency. And part of the price he has to pay for occupying that office now is to get out of China's way, get out of Russia's way and let them have their way in Afghanistan. That's the price. He has to pay, and we, the American people and the Afghani people, are paying. What say you? Well, Anita, I want to know where you got that uh, I'm exempt from political correctness card, because I want to get one of them for myself. Okay, I like that. And (laughs) I think that's a very prescient analysis, um, and I agree with everything that you just said. I think uh, uh, my my view is that um, uh, Biden is an imposter. This administration is an imposter regime. Uh, They were not elected uh, in a free and fair election. And I think we're going to discover that as the audits come come through. But I'm willing to wait until those audits come through, because until they do, there's nothing we can really do about it. Uh, As for the price to Russia and China, I am far more worried, far more worried by China than I am by Russia. Russia is a, a toothless tiger. I mean, Russia is an empire searching for people. Um, they have been on the verge of bankruptcy for years. They operate on two, uh, um, they only have two uh, tools in their economic uh, uh, toolbox, and that's oil and arms exports. Uh, but outside of that, they don't have much of an economy. The Chinese, however, are becoming the world's superpower. And they have already, in the view of some naval experts, surpassed us in terms of naval capabilities. Uh, and the Chinese just uh, Tuesday warned Taiwan. They held naval exercises off the coast of Taiwan with not just the Navy, but airships and amphibious landing uh, uh, ships. And they said to Taiwan, who do you think is going to come to your aid now? You saw what Biden did in Afghanistan. Don't expect him to come to you when we invade. Not if, but when we invade. So that's, to me, the real threat, the real danger, the potential black swan event is a Chinese invasion of, that, of, of uh, Taiwan because they see the U.S. has become weak and irresolute. Let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor for this half of United IE Radio, Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial, more with Ken Timmerman. 
after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event heard weekends right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590. The answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, we are visiting this week with Ken Timmerman. He is a longtime investigative reporter specializing in the Middle East, but uh, we may not get to it this week. He also wrote a very prescient book back in August of 2020, The Election Heist, which uh, it was work of fiction, but it foretold what happened in that uh, corrupted election. We're talking about what has happened in Afghanistan and what may happen. And you said earlier that you think this is going to be, even though it's a remote area country in Central Asia, this is going to have big effects over the next few weeks, the next year, the next five years. What, what do you see to being those consequences? Well, from the, first of all, right in the region, it tells countries like Iran and China, who's an immediate neighbor of Afghanistan, that the U.S., uh, is not going to check any of their advances. Uh, people might not be aware of this, but the Chinese just signed a 20-year deal, $400 billion deal with Iran that gives them uh, access to naval bases in the Persian Gulf, that gives them access to army bases and air force bases inside Iran. This is something that was actually uh, very controversial in Iran, but the regime didn't care what people thought. They just rammed it through. So China sees Afghanistan and Iran as stepping stones to controlling the Persian Gulf. Why is that important for them? Because it gives them control over oil. Remember, China does not produce oil in the amount, anywhere near the amount that we do in the United States. Oh, and President Biden is trying to shut down a lot of our oil production as well. Uh, So China wants to get that oil on the Persian Gulf to secure those supply lines. Afghanistan and Iran are tremendously important. Iran sees uh, U.S. feckless power, that we have uh, we have no resolve, that under Biden, uh, our government seems to be more desperate to do a deal with the mullahs in Tehran that will enable them to pursue their nuclear weapons programs than to support our allies or to get our own citizens out of Kabul. It's truly shocking. It is truly shocking. Uh, look, I'm not a young guy. I was around for Vietnam um, and, and saw that, that, that debacle on, on television. I was too young to serve, but I, was, I saw the debacle on television in 75. And uh, there has not been anything like that, not remotely like that since then. This goes way beyond what happened in Saigon. We have never seen a U.S. capitulation of this extent. We've got 40,000 Americans in Kabul. They can't get to the airport. And a president who's saying to the Taliban, pretty please, let them through. Frankly, it's disgusting. It's disgraceful. What was the result in Afghanistan inevitable? Michael Anton, who I have great respect for, he wrote the the article back in 2016, the Flight 93 election. Uh, Very thoughtful guy. And he says, he writes now, Afghanistan doomed from the start. Was this something that we, do you think was, this was, we just need to cut our losses? Or as Eric Prince has said, no, we just need, uh, you know, let someone like me handle it. We'll use mostly contractors, a small residual force of, of, Amer- of, of American military, and we'll just hold the Taliban at bay indefinitely. What, what do you think? Well by, the, well, by the way, there have been more contractors killed in Afghanistan, about 4,000 of them than U.S. military forces, 2,400. Uh, and that's, again, one of the secrets of this war, uh, is that already we have used that to a certain extent. The generals have used this. And it's been, a, it's been a botched job by 20 generals. 
Okay, each one with a different strategy, and none of them, none of those strategies have worked. Uh, but I, the only place where I would disagree with Michael Anton uh, is that what was not foretold, what was not foreseeable, and what was not inevitable was the way that we withdrew from Kabul. Uh, what, what we did know, we knew that Afghanistan was a failure. We knew we were not going to succeed in having a pro-Western, modern, European-style government like Belgium in Kabul. That we knew. But we did not foresee the kind of disaster, the extent of the disaster that we're seeing right now, and that is all on Joe Biden. This is something, Joe owns this 100%. I've read in a couple of different places that part of the, what we were doing over there was trying to uh, import American liberal gender ideology into that country, and uh, that was a report that that was causing revolts, that uh, the policy was stated involving gender equality, quote, involves working with men and boys, women and girls, to bring about changes in attitudes, behaviors, roles, and responsibilities at home and in the workplace and in the community. I suspect that didn't go over too well trying to convince Pashtu men that they needed to do more work at home. Uh, right. And, and by the way, there, there's a far cry from what you just read out, which, which was official government policy, U.S. government policy. There's a far cry from that and teaching women to read and write. It's not the same thing. Uh, uh, you know, I, I certainly support the spread of literacy in Afghanistan, teaching women to read and write, allowing women to come into the workplace as they can as they are accepted socially, as it is accepted socially. But you cannot move a society mired in 8th century uh, beliefs. You can't move them into the 20th century in 20 years, which is what we tried to do. And especially this gender equality, political correct nonsense is just it's utter insanity. Utter insanity. The people who prescribe that, frankly, should be put in prison for criminal political malpractice. I think, Anita, we have about three minutes left here. She wanted to ask, change this, kind of change the direction here in terms of what we can do. Anita? Yes, Ken. What can we, the American people, do? We're, we're watching all of this happen. We see the insanity, but we don't know how to have an impact. What would your recommendations well, be? Well, look, I don't have any immediate good news for you. I was at a school board meeting uh, two nights ago in Nassau County. And we got a lot of people to come there and speak. And I would urge you to get involved in your local school boards, your county commissions and all the rest of it. We had a lot of people to come and speak against the mask mandate. Many more than spoke in favor of it. But the board had already made up their mind. So what are we going to do? People there uh, have said, well, we're not going to sign these waivers because our kids are going to be discriminated against. We're just not going to send our kids to school with masks and let them come after us. Let them kick our kids out. At least in Florida, we have a governor who will come out and support us. In California, you don't have that. You do not have a governor who's going to support you if you engage in open defense. So all I can say is be prepared. Be prepared, because they are coming for all of us if we defy their authority. That's what the mask mandate is about. Uh, That is what all these COVID restrictions are all about. That's why they like lockdowns. They like to control us. Be prepared. And I don't want to get any more specific than that. But those who have ears, you will hear. And those who have eyes, you will see what to do. What does now more broadly on the military? We've seen when the the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, his primary concern is understanding white rage, not winning wars, not of how do we deal with the growing threat of China, but. He's worried about uh, the systemic ra- racism in the ranks when the military has been one of the more leading institutions of racial integration and harmony um, in, our, in, our, in our country. Yeah, up until 2009, Obama, Biden took over and tried to destroy it. And so uh, I go back to, you know, Anita mentioned this earlier. This is part, of, I think, of a larger plan uh, that is from the institutional left and from left-wing politicians to destructure America, to destroy American institutions, to destroy American values, uh, to destroy the military. Uh, they, if you look at some of the commercials that they had on at one point uh, with these lesbian uh, and who knows what trans what was it, transsexual or whatever they were. I mean, Whatever. Ridiculous, Intersectionality. Commercial. Yeah. 
intersection, yeah, the intersectional female, it was pathetic. But that is their goal, to dismantle the America that we know of, that we cherish, that we were brought up with, and that men and women have been fighting and dying for for 250 years. Ken, we are out of time for the segment. I know you have, you, you, have to, you have to leave us, but we very much appreciate you being on the show and the good work that you're doing in the cause for liberty in America. And again, you can, can see Ken's good work and see his books at Ken Timmerman with two M's dot com. Thanks, Ken. And I'll let you get back to your uh, day on the beach there. Wish we, wish we were there with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be with you. You did have to catch me out there at the end, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, Stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite IE Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank account from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and my co-host this week is Anita Rhodes, who has her own. She's a card-carrying, certified, politically incorrect person, that she is not bound in what she says or thinks by what anyone else says she should say or think. And that's, that's interesting. And I mean, Anita's black, and not that, not that we really care, but it's interesting that there seem to be a lot of black people that are willing to let white people tell them what they're allowed to say and think. Isn't that interesting? But not, not all of us. Oh, not all of you. Absolutely. So anyone that wants that exemption certificate, reach out to Greg. He'll contact me. I'll show you how to get it. Yes. Uh, and the uh, people that um, give you that um, exemption are the same people that put you in bondage to political correctness. So when you find that person... That group, wherever they may be, ask them for your exemption certificate. And so I think Anita will sell the certificates for only $5 each. Yes, I will. <laughs> and it goes to fundraising, the free speech campaign. Actually, that exemption first comes from our creator, who has endowed us with certain unalienable rights. Enshrined in the Constitution, and then it comes, and then those are set forth further in our in our Constitution and and our Bill of Rights. So we all Americans do have that ability, but the thing is, are we are we courageous enough to exercise those rights? Because there's a great effort in a whole series of fronts to get people to shut up and not exercise your rights. Yes, at this point, the government cannot yet send you to labor camp to make Apple phones or Nike shoes for what you say. Yet. But you may be ostracized, you may be threatened, you may be on the street. The brown shirts in Antifa and Black Lives Matter may, may physically attack you for what you say. You may get fired from your job. Your business may get boycotted. Uh, you may be subjected to a whole string of, of, of abuse online. It's kind of just, just nastiness. And I've, seen, I've seen that happen to other people and seen it happen directed towards me, but I just, I just consider the source. 
and let you know let 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 it, let it roll off my back. But other people don't like being called all sorts of vicious names. They may gather in mass outside your home. All sorts of ways to try to get teach the lesson that the quick, the easiest and safest course of action is to just shut up. Or or even worse is you need you need to espouse their talking points to show your loyalty to to the regime and their ideology. That's a false choice. We don't have to do either or. We don't have to do either one of those things. We should continue to speak and speak what we think and feel and ignore what they say or counter what they say. We have to remember there's so many more of us. If we would join together, we would coalesce. They cannot overpower all of us. It's because there are only a few of us willing to take the risk. And then you see that few suffer the persecution, then you stand back. That's not the answer. That's not how you get victory. We join together and they see the masses of us and they cower and back away. Okay. And I agree, I agree with that. But it's easy to say when your job is not on the line. When your ability to pay the house payment, the car payment, and feed the family is not on the line, it's easy to say, yep, go out there and say what you think and exercise your God-given and constitutionally given rights. I, I, it's, it becomes much harder. So there's a, when the, rubber, when the rubber meets the road, so to speak, the old phrase, then that's that's the real test is when you have something on the line when you're when you when you are at risk then that's what courage is and we need people to be courageous if we're going to preserve our rights greg i think we are beginning to see that we are at risk even though we cower and don't speak we know people who are now suffering because enough of us did not stand up We thought it was only for the person over there that would lose their job. But now we see it's getting closer and closer to us. So the answer is to speak now, just because you're not a tradesman. I wish I could remember the quote exactly, but I think it's in the book. Um, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the book right now, but uh, Boehner. Oh, not not Boehner. Bonhoeffer. 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 There's a quote in there where they came for the tradesman. I wasn't the tradesman. So they didn't go help the tradesmen. They came for the Jews. I'm not a Jew. They came for the Catholics. I'm not a Catholic. They came for the trade unionists. I'm not a trade unionist. They came for the communists. I'm not a Yeah, absolutely. So, so now they're coming for us. We didn't help anyone else. Now there's no one to help us. We are our brother's keeper. It is our job as Americans to protect our country and one another reasonably. This is why we're fearful. We should stand up. When it's easy to stand up and to resist the tyranny, the more we receive and sit back and be tyrannized and quiet, looking at each other's wringing our hands, fearful, the closer they become. Now is the time, Americans, to stand up, unite, and push back against this evil. We will be victorious if only we take a step forward and not backward, not in fear. This is the time. It's going to get harder and harder. There are going to be fewer and fewer of us if we don't do it now. You're absolutely right. And there is, it's really, on 9-11, the original, on 9-11-2001, we thought America's enemies were foreign. You know, the oath you take the oath, oath that military and political office take to the Constitution to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Okay. And we thought our enemies were foreign. Um, now, there are still foreign enemies, or at least potential enemies, but I think we see on the 20th, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9 11, mm-hmm. is that America's enemies, the more, our most dangerous enemies, are domestic. And the neighbors. enemy inside the gate is almost always more dangerous than the enemy outside the gate. How do we identify our American inside enemies by their ideology? If uh, it's anti-American, they're well, our enemies. Yeah, they, they have a D next to their name. 
Yes. Which which is not maybe not a hundred percent the case, but it's ninety percent the case. If I may defend the Democrats, they've become accustomed to following their leadership, and they know something's wrong, but they're so accustomed to being told what to do that they're following fearfully. Democrats, take back your party. Well, and when I say that, I, I don't necessarily mean all the rank and file, some guy who's a truck driver or what, or what have you, uh, and is a registered Democrat. That, that's not who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But people like Gavin Newsom, Nancy Pelosi, Ob- Obama, people that, people that are... That they're the leadership and even non, the non-elected people that are really are mounting this concerted effort to not only suppress freedom of speech, but to undermine the whole country and to teach people that uh, in, in, in the schools, teach this racially divisive, divisive uh, critical race theory to try to uh, people to judge and treat, train the children to judge and treat other people based on the color of their skin to teach anti-American history. Ronald Reagan said in his farewell address, if we don't remember what we did, we won't know who we are. And not only are they performing a historical lobotomy, they're teaching a very negative vision of what we did. So the generation coming up will be trained to hate the country. And this is compounded by the open borders and unlimited immigration they're running now. And what's going to happen when these, uh, when these immigrant children, legal and illegal, get into the government-run schools? They're going to be taught to hate America. Okay. They're going to be taught this racially, racially divisive identity politics. And that's unfortunate that it's gotten that far. But the answer is this. For those of you who hate America... You need to ask those that you're listening to, you're buying the ideology of socialism, communism, burn down America, destroy it. Where are you going to go when you burn it down? Well, I think they've envisioned that, that there'll, there'll, there'll be a socialism and it'll, it'll be a kingdom of justice. If that were true, Greg, we would see something like that being erected already so that we could smoothly transition into socialism and communism. We would have some idea of what our life would look like. They have no idea of what it would look like. Well, actually, we do, because we've seen countries that have gone from capitalism to socialism, and they're utterly destroyed. They ignore that and think and believe some panacea idea, but nothing concrete. I posit the idea of socialism, some nirvana. It's not going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. You see, we see the evil. We see the wickedness. So you can't get goodness and beauty from wickedness, from ugliness. So that's not happening. Don't burn down your country. Don't destroy it. America's good, not perfect. And she's getting better. If only we would stay on that path to improvement. Utter destruction of this country is totally unwise. You have no place to go. And you will be destitute, and you will have to fight and rebuild a better country. Well, I don't think that they, under, they understand that. I think you look at polling data, uh, and do they, do they know who Joseph Stalin was? Do they know that he's responsible for killing tens of millions of citizens of the Soviet Union? Or that Mao probably killed in excess of 100 million people under the, under, when, he, when he was in power in China? And they don't know that. They don't know. They don't know that in Venezuela, the average person has under, under the uh, socialist diet there uh, is uh, has lost twenty pounds, no. and, they're, and they're foraging and they're foraging food out of garbage dumpsters. They don't. They, they don't. They don't know that. They have this vision, and Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the famous Soviet dissident, we quoted him on the show before, and he said. Among many things, he said that uh, in different places over the years, I've had to prove that socialism, which to many Western thinkers is a sort of kingdom of justice, was in fact full of coercion, of bureaucratic greed and corruption and avarice. Human nature doesn't change because you're under socialism. People still, and we, we, we played a few weeks ago the great clip from Milton Friedman explaining this, that everywhere you look in the world, 
people act in what they perceive to be their self-interest. Greed, if you will. Of course, it's only the other guy that's greedy, Friedman says. <laughs> you, and I, you, and I, you and I aren't greedy. But when that nakedly, aggressively China, greedy. China runs on self-interest. Russia runs on self-interest, even though it was officially a communist country. Venezuela does. Cuba does. There's, there, can anyone name a society in which most of the people, most of the time, do not act in what they perceive to be their self-interest? Now, in some places, it's economic self-interest. And in some cases, it's political self-interest, which is what socialism is, but it's still acting in your, in, in your self-interest. So this idea that maybe socialism sounds good if, you, if you're making $300,000 a year as a university, as a tenured university professor, you know, um, and sitting around the faculty lounge or the faculty or, or, a, or a party with, with, with fellow faculty members and, and uh, um, the administrative staff. And yes, isn't socialism wonderful? Pass the Brie and Chablis. That's theoretical, though. But, but I think that but it's, it's theoretical because they don't. We, we, see this all, we see this also repeatedly. We're going to take a break here in just, in just a few seconds. You see this repeatedly is that these people come up with these ideas and they, they force the ideas on uh, either politically or militarily or on, on, on other people, but they exempt themselves from the consequences of their ideas. So in that ivory, in that figurative, in that uh, uh, ivory tower, socialism... Wow, I'm making three hundred thousand dollars a year talking about how wonderful socialism is. <laughs> yeah, it seems. Yeah, it's, it's, it can work here. It's but a it, racket. But but of course, it it in the real world, everywhere it's been tried, it has been a failure because it skew among many reasons it skews the incentives between producing and mooching, between having abilities and having needs. I get it. I want to go back, Greg. We will go back to that, but first we need to hear from our sponsor for this half of Unite IE Radio, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My co-host, Anita Rhodes, is someone who exemplifies that statement in her actions, in all, both in, in, her, in church, which we share, the Ark Church of the Nazarene, and in the Redland Tea Party Patriots, and I don't know however many organizations that you're, that you're involved in. You, I stopped you for the, before we took the commercial break, and you, you had a thought. So That thought. It's about the self-interest. Self-interest is normal. But when we allow ourselves to be naked and uh, naked, naked, aggressively um, greedy, where we overstep certain moral boundaries, where we know we're harming others in our greed, that's where we need to have the presence of mind and the strength of character to not take it that far. We're in a country where we can achieve greatness, wealth, based on our creativity and our desire and ability to work and achieve. We don't have to oppress others. We don't have to steal from others. That's when you're in an oppressed society, you have no other means. Perhaps you have to do that. And if we become socialist, God forbid, and we don't have enough needs, then we may attack each other for in order to get our needs met. But my point is, ladies and gentlemen, is that it's our greed, unrestrained greed, unrestrained self-interest, not setting boundaries for ourselves to stay within certain boundaries that would maintain a healthy society. Well, for example, what do you, when you say unrestrained greed, what do you, can you give me an example of what you have in mind? Yes, I can say that about our uh, politicians. And I'll say even about our government, 
what what I believe Joe Biden is doing presently is selling America out in order to earn money to allow his son to make money in the various activities he's doing. That's hurting our country. Joe Biden has the visibility, the position of life and everything where he could start businesses and enter in various types of agreements and achieve far much more wealth than what he's getting by selling out this country, being a liar, cheating a thief. He can make a lot more money. Actually, I, I don't think that anyone in the Biden family has the abilities, talents to uh, to earn uh, to earn an okay. honest living. Is they they they've they've made their money off of graft and political influence, in all sorts of ways. Our, our, our guest talked about how they got a billion, one point five billion dollars out of from from China, and he was and Hunter was getting eighty three thousand dollars a month for doing nothing from a Ukrainian gas company, and then and famously or infamously, Biden gets the prosecutor who was looking into that gas company fired, threat le- leveraging U.S. aid. So I don't think they have, I don't think they have that ability to earn an, an honest living, and that's that's an important distinction. Is it in the private sector? If you want to make money. You have to produce goods or services that other people will voluntarily purchase. And if you do, great. But when you're in government, you now have the power of the state. You can take money from people. You can make people do things. You can sell. You can sell. Yeah, you want to be able to do this? You want to be able to do that? Yeah, then uh, you grease my palm. Let me give you another example then, Greg, because I I understand your point about the Bidens, but something that hits closer to home, to parents in our society right now that's tearing at the fiber of our society. The LGBTQ community, they don't have to go after our children to abuse them and sexualize them psychologically and emotionally. They don't have to do that, but they're choosing to do it. They've overstepped a boundary. Their lifestyle has been accommodated in our culture now, and now they want to take our children. So what I'm saying is having moral boundaries for your own behavior where you don't harm others. So to purposely step out to do that. Now, I recognize what I'm saying. Doesn't, it, it's not related to financials, okay, wealth and things like that. But it's extremely harmful and hurtful to your neighbor, to their children, and ultimately to our culture. So if you have those kind of boundaries for yourselves where there's certain things you don't overstep, then that illustrates how you have governors on yourselves to not be aggressively greedy, hypersexual, where you're just going after people's kids. You know, that's my point. I hope it's coming across. Well, sure. There is in any a society, a culture, a any country has to be based on some underlying principles. Ours has been Judeo-Christian culture, which has proven itself to be enormously successful, not only economically, but in terms of making people's lives better and in terms of, of making a freedom, of extending people to, to various women, to uh, even, even the, the, the homosexual community, as you, as you mentioned, is you look, you look at a place like, you know, that are controlled by jihadist fundamentalist Muslims, what happens to gay people there? They get things like thrown off the roof. Well, whereas, whereas here, I mean, you know, there's, there are, you live your life. And what you do in, in privacy of your home, you know, we're not, we're, we're basically not going to get involved in that, and we're going to take the view of that he was without sin, cast the first figurative stone. I'm not okay. casting a stone, but but you make a good point. Is there is a part of what that agenda is? is to undermine this Judeo-Christian culture. John Adams, one of our, one of our founders who created, by the way, there's, it's invoked to demean them, but created the longest surviving constitution and the longest surviving republic in the world. Said that our constitution is for a religious and moral people and it's unsuitable for the governance of any other. So they're trying to kick that out as part of <clears throat> this larger effort to overturn the Constitution, the Republic, our freedom, and replace it with a one-party, in my view, a one-party, globalist, kleptocratic state. Normally, I would say all's fair love and war, except when you come from my children. If you want to overthrow this country ideologically, fine. You can't have the children. You can't but, sexualize the children. Okay, but, so. that's how, okay, but, but, oh, but that's how you do it. 
That's the primary way in which you do it, is you get the children. Lenin, I'm almost out of time here. Um, Vladimir Lenin, not John. Vladimir, give us a child for eight years and it'll be a Bolshevik forever. Adolf Hitler, he alone who owns the youth controls the future. They un- they absolutely understand, and that's why, and that is why, not just with, not just on gay issues, but on a broad range of issues, they are coming after the children because they're much easier to indoctrinate and program than adults who already have a, a set of beliefs. And we got eight seconds. Ideologically, yours. ideologically, you can do it, but when you're coming for them physically to sexually abuse them, and we see that in action, that's where I draw the line. And that's where the battle begins. They better step back over the line, Greg. Okay? Because the battle is on. If you want, uh, it's the um, the battle of ideas, I can deal with that. Thank you, Anita, for being on the show and everything you're doing for the cause. Tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9212, Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.